You're listening to School Crack, Ireland's first and foremost Magic the Gathering podcast. I'm your host, David Wolf, and I'm joined here by... Kieran and Alan. All right, lads, how's it going? I'm, uh, I'm very sad. It's a sad day, and not because of uh, this international pandemic that's going on. Oh, what, what could possibly be worse than the collapse of society and uh, and all that? Well, as I told you guys, I got overcharged on the bus today by almost a euro because of the bus driver having coronavirus madness and refusing to uh, to let anyone go near him. So he insisted everyone use the flat fare machine, even though it was a euro more, and he told me to pay her to get off the bus. This is such absolute nonsense. Because, like... I mean, I'm trying to visualize someone bus that. You're not even going that much closer to him, right? You're still like a passenger. No, you're literally standing in the same place. You would just be holding the card in your left hand as opposed to your right hand. <sighs> That's so funny. I'm visualizing it right now in my mind palace. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, God. Like- it's insane. And he was like, yeah, drivers have to keep their distance from passengers. I was like, That's bullshit. Because if that had happened, they would just let people onto the bus for free. So you're definitely lying. So, but then I had to pay it, and then I sat down, I was annoyed, and then the next guy who got on the bus, he did the same thing to, and the guy was like, what the fuck are you talking about? So then I was like, I've had enough of this. So I took the bus number, and I reported him, and Dublin bus told me that the inspector was alerted, and that there was, this was going to be dealt with immediately. <laughs> I mean, that is, that is good, and um, I hope, hopefully Dublin bus do count down on, on that, because I feel like not only is he, you know, charging people more money, but he's also kind of creating a panic in terms of, I mean, if you didn't know any better, you'd be thinking, oh, maybe he is right. And maybe I should avoid, uh, I don't know, that extra additional level of contact that's um, probably unnecessary. Maybe yeah. maybe I should avoid touching the complete opposite side of a machine that somebody else has touched. Yeah, anyway, so to show him off, show him up, I started licking all the poles on the bus just to show how yes. safe it was. Yes. <laughs> Assert dominance. Yeah. No, but it annoyed me, not because it cost me a euro or whatever. I know I sound like such a tight arse, but like anyone who still has to get the bus to and from work, or most people who get the bus to and from work at this stage, probably need the money and probably can't afford to stay home and self-isolate. It's probably mostly working class people. And a couple of euro a day is going to actually probably count to those people. So I just thought it was like an unbelievable dick move as a public servant, as a bus driver to do that. I know people are scared about it. He probably has his own family and stuff like that. And he's worried about the thing as well. But, you know, he's a, he's a unionized, I think most bus drivers are unionized, so he probably is. So go talk to your union if you don't want to come into work and do your job. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And when, you, if you're, when you're taking a bus, you're putting yourself yeah, into a vulnerable position. So, uh, yeah, not only be sure that's already on your mind, and then you just have this man being like, well, don't go near me because you're, 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 you're infected. It was absolutely ridiculous. And then I tried to come home. And get on my high horse and uh, and sell this rant to my housemates. And then one of my housemates just called me an idiot for taking the bus at all. And told me not to take the <laughs> bus anymore. So I didn't even get to be on my high horse. I love that. You're like, you're, you're missing the core concept of what I'm saying. You're missing <laughs> yeah. the point. Although you are kind of right. I could have just walked home. <laughs> oh, God. Well, the country has gone mad. And was, yeah, we're not going to go about all about coronavirus all episode, though. I know I, if anyone else is feeling like me, you're absolutely, even though everyone's very good-hearted and in the right place. I'm so sick of just seeing tweets and Facebook posts about how it's important to wash your hands. We all know at this point. And I know it's it's everyone, it's a good thing that people keep sharing it and stuff like that and remain vigilant. But that's honestly driving me more mad than anything else at the moment is just seeing the same thing repeated over and over and over again. Yeah, definitely. And, and, it's, and um, I, 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 as someone who spent the entire weekend on Twitter, because like, I wanted to be informed, but also like 
so many posts just had the same kind of um like copy pasta kind of nature to it. Like, oh, here's something I heard. Here's a list of ten things, no, ten pieces of advice to follow that um that uh that you know are, are easily digestible, easily condensable, easy to read that uh, we're going to share. And like usually it's good advice. Yeah, sometimes it's not good advice. But uh, those people are, are just sharing a lot of stuff, nonstop. Yeah, like I saw one on Twitter that was like, don't use hand sanitizer. It doesn't do anything against the coronavirus. And then loads of people were like, yes, it does. As long as it has a certain alcohol percentage, what are you talking about? Please delete your post. And then th this had like 100,000 retweets or something like that. Just this complete misinformation that's going to cause people to have worse hygiene. God damn it. People are freaking out. It's Wu-Tang Clan had a, had a post that was like... That, yeah. <laughs> it's like each letter, letter of Wu-Tang Clan sat up or something. And then the last one for G was um, go to the hospital if you have severe symptoms. And that's not what you do. No, yeah, true. Yeah, that's that's oh. not great. But as we all know, Wu-Tang is for the children. So fair play to them. They should call themselves Wuhan Clan. Okay. Yeah, I heard saw a lot of those jokes going around. Yep. Oh, I thought I, I made that joke. I tweeted them. I thought I was the first one to do that. Very original. I did like that. Apparently, the push to start calling it coronavirus and 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 COVID nineteen was uh and like the media got on this very well was to stop any chance of people being racist and calling it like the Chinese flu or like the Italian disease or whatever. You know what I mean? That's why the media was like so so on point using like the official terms the whole time, which I think is is laudable. Fair play, the media. That's good. That's good. We had Spanish flu and swine flu before. Um, it's funny how this is taking a different, uh, it's a different nomenclature altogether. Exactly. Anyway, that's going to be the last we speak. Unless anyone has, else has any hot takes about uh, coronavirus. Not particularly. Just... I mean, I could talk about it all day, but sorry, I won't. <laughs> you don't want me to. No. I do, it's not that I don't want you to, but I feel like just people people are probably coming here for a bit of get, a, get away from t uh, hearing about the coronavirus madness. You know what I mean? That's true. Sorry, I'm playing with stuff on my desk again. Yes. Apart from hearing about my bus fare troubles. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, it wouldn't be an episode of School Crack if we didn't hear Al dropping bottle caps in the background. There we go. Yeah, and I'm also sorting magic cards. Got many magic cards in front of me. Does anybody want to take a guess as to how many magic gathering cards I own? I did a rough estimate, and it shocked me. Shocked me! I'm going to say at least 75. One more than deck. By the way, speaking of hearing things in the background, what do you all think of this? Ooh. Hey! Hey! Oh. Hands for the boys. Yay. Hands for the boys. We promised yeah. you viewers, and we're, we weren't lying. We're drinking a can during this. Our final episode of Skull Crack. I don't think we said that yet at the top of the show. Oh, yeah. I actually don't have a can, but I think I have some wine. So, actually, I'm actually going to go to the fridge. We're taking this We're taking this episode breezy. Um, I'm just going to step away from the microphone and get a glass of wine. So, uh, you lads, just uh, keep it going there. Taking it Bacardi breezy. <laughs> hey. Hey. Uh, so I'm drinking a, a can of Beamish here. Got the widget in the can. Genuine draft Irish stout, it says. Exclu exclusively brewed by Heineken. What? Get, get it out of here. Did you know the widget won uh, the most innovative invention in 2000? And 2000, the year 2000, I think it was. Won the best invention of that year. Well, you know what number two was that year? This was anti-widget. That makes no. your beer pour out of the can excessively. <laughs> <laughs> it's like matter or popes, the anti-pope. No, uh, the internet won. No, the internet came second. So the widget beat the internet for being uh, the best invention of whatever year it was. I'd say that's probably true. Like the internet had a lot of, you know, when you're making, when you're talking about the internet being invented at that point, there was a lot of, there was a lot of groundwork already done with different networking protocols and stuff like that. The widget, I feel like was just a created instantly from, from zero to a hundred. There was no reliance, you standing on the shoulders of the giants there, you know? 
That's it, exactly, yeah. And I think, I mean, it's possible it was called World Wide Web back then. And, like, you know, you know things were things are not good when uh, the internet was called that. It was pre-internet. Well, I got to school you here. The internet is much older than the World Wide Web. What? Yeah, the World Wide Web, as in the WWW protocol that people use to view websites, is only a relatively new invention in, this, in the scale of the internet. The internet was around for a long time before that existed. Well, then, do people call it the web? Just like, did, did the name the web come with that protocol? Or was that before? I think pretty much with that protocol, yeah. Okay. Or maybe I the think... worldwide part was was the fact that now it was going to be, you know, much more accessible and, and global than previously. But, like, if you think about, like, dialing into, like, bulletin board, uh, like, into message boards in the 80s and stuff where you'd have to dial into a particular server or whatever, that was being on the internet in the 80s, but you didn't have, like, a global, like, uh, web connection that would bring you from server to server to server. Yes, okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, so I think... Much more isolated. Yeah, like, well, I think what I'm saying is based on... Um, you know, in the book Ender's Game, when uh, it's like what is it, his sister and his, and his brother or something have this side plot where they start writing on forums and stuff, but it's just it's just really it's just a description of like a very archaic internet, uh, and he keeps on using the term the web with a capital W, and uh, for ages I was like, whoa, what, why is why why does he have such a poor grasp of the technology and how it works? But um, I didn't realize that the book was like written in like whatever the eighties or seventies or something. Damn, I, I haven't read that. I have read. There's a great book that. My my dad was a computer programmer, so I had a bunch of nerdy books growing up. And he had a great book called Out of the Inner Circle, which was by uh, Bill Landreth, who was like a famous a famous hacker in the 70s. And it was kind of touted as a book about like some computer security or whatever. But really, it's just like a collection of stories about like really old school hacking going back to like the 60s, uh, like talking about like phone freaking in the 60s, where you could you could whistle into uh, an open phone line. Uh, to get it to, con- to run basically arbitrary commands and connect you to like different numbers and stuff like that. So you get free calls at pay phones and stuff like that. If you could whistle the right tones into the, into the pay phone and it would connect you to, fr- you know, uh, to anywhere in the world you wanted, as long as you knew the, the accompanying tones. And then oh, onward wow. to the eighties where him and his friends would like hack the servers of like banks and financial institutions just to set up like message boards on them because they couldn't afford any servers themselves. So they would literally hack these huge uh, like systems just to set up their own little private servers in there to, so they could like have chat rooms and stuff like that. That's absurd. Jesus Christ. Yeah, and that's where it's called like, you know, white hat hacking back in the day where these guys weren't doing it just to like get money or anything like that. That'd be like a black hat hopper, hacker, you know, ransomware, stuff like that. They just wanted the thrill and the challenge of like breaking into these systems and like you and getting to use the computers then for for their own uh, enjoyment. It's very cool. Yeah, well, oh, it's class. Simpler time. But yeah, the, the most famous phone freaker back in the day was a guy called Captain Crunch, who um, was like a guy that figured out, I think he was a teenager, that like, oh, a specific whistle that came free with uh, inside a box of the kid's cereal, Captain Crunch, uh, produced the perfect tone to get you free calls on one of the phone networks. So he just started like dialing all over the country. And I don't know how these guys found each other at that point because there was no internet yet. But eventually that knowledge spread and, and a lot of people started to find out that if you could obtain this free kid's whistle, you could get free phone calls. Oh my God, that's such like a... And then it, even though it's true, it just sounds like a perfect plot for like a... You know, a fun family movie where it's like you got the bad guys trying to get the whistle out of this cereal, and then the kid <laughs> figures it out, trying to protect it. Uh, yeah. That's that's amazing. So I have a source here. Um, yeah. So, uh, well, I I, sh- I should have read this paragraph before I said that because it's it doesn't make any sense. But um, yeah, two thousand three. Uh, 
says the, the caption is Brits Brits vote for beer can widget as best invention in the last forty years. Damn, there you go. Uh, email and the internet for for both second few things. Man, okay, so Wolf is back. He's got his wine. But uh, I'm just reading the guy, Captain Crunch's Wikipedia page. He worked for Apple then after that. Then he worked for Easy Rider. Uh, in between, he served two prison, <laughs> prison sentences for phone fraud. Uh, then he wrote the first word processor for the Apple II. Then he joined Autodesk. Uh, then he was charged in a scheme to forge tickets for the San Francisco Bay Area rapid transit system and pled guilty. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't stop committing cool crimes uh, and then it seems like uh, not so cool crimes because the last paragraph on his Wikipedia page is allegations of sexually inappropriate behaviour so let's just skip ahead of that oh no the, the, our, our movie can just leave that part out yeah Maybe it's also referenced in chapter 23 of the novel Ready Player One. Oh, that's right oh my god uh, Ready Player One is so bad um, I, I recently listened to a podcast I might mention on this uh, where it's um, yeah, two guys who read it chapter by chapter it's called 372 Pages I'll Never Get Back. I mean, if you enjoyed Ready Player One, that's fine. It was an enjoyable book. Uh, but when you put it under a lens and criticize it, uh, it's, just, it's just absurdly bad. It's, um, and it's, yeah, it's basically, I mean, I'm not surprised it's referring to this guy because it, it basically refers to everything that's ever happened uh, in, in, in the 80s and in all other, time, all other time. References are what makes media good. Yeah, it's exactly. He's like, one point he's describing like, oh, the bad guys come in on ships that look like the drop ships from Avatar, the James Cameron Avatar. And it's like, just describe what the fucking thing looks like, uh, Ernie. That is, that, that's his name, Ernie that Klein. That's his name, yeah. Ernie Klein, yeah. Oh, well. Anyway, that's probably uh, enough of uh, a wine break. Are, you, are, are we back, Wolf? Yeah, I, I, I am back. I have my wine. Uh, were, you, were you surprised at where the conversation went in the, in the meantime? Slightly surprised, yeah. I didn't expect phone freaking to come into it, but uh, yeah, that was that was pretty interesting. But I mean, I was gonna stop you at some point, but when you're talking, my microphone automatically gets cut out, so I literally couldn't stop you if I wanted to. But... How dare you? Had, on the last episode, you were gonna step in and silence Alan Harrison and his voices. Our, 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 this show from the ground up. Our <laughs> organic discourse. I, uh, I like how, in a way, we've hacked the show, and now, like, we we have no intention of talking about Magic the Gathering, I'll tell you that, at least I don't. We're gonna go podcast freaking. Um, <laughs> okay, well, let's do some, um, I don't know, what's what's the word? Let's fulfill our, do some housekeeping, that's what I'm trying to, trying to yeah. say at the top of the show. First of all, we'll mention um, inkedgaming.com, the podcast is ending. But that doesn't mean our sponsorship is ending. Actually, it does. But we'll do it one more time. Uh, Inkgaming.com is a good place to go and get your custom play mats with uh, an image on there uh, of your choosing. You can get that stitched edging. Mention that one more time in the podcast. Love the stitched edging. And uh, you'll get 10% off your order if you follow the link in the show notes. Or uh, you go to inkgaming.com forward slash skullcrack. Oh. <laughs> Inkgaming. What a shower of bastards. <laughs> Fuck inkedgaming.com. No, I'm just joking. No, uh, they're, I they're might still want to use them on the stream. No, to be <laughs> honest, uh, <laughs> thank you to our loyal sponsor, Inked Gaming, who I'm not sure even know we exist, but we know they exist, and that's the important thing. And now our view, our readers or listeners do too. Yes, absolutely. Um, they're, they're, they're a good bunch of, 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 of people up there. They, they know we exist to the extent that they created a vanity url for us so i mean that's something 
that is good. All right, fairplayinggaming.com. I take back my my curse words. <laughs> yep. Okay. Um, and then the other part is that yesterday, or not yesterday, last week, I said that my uh, my microphone at home was not working, but clearly now we are recording online. And uh, the reason for that is that I messed up last week, and I it, it wasn't quite as simple as like it was turned off, but uh, it was pretty bad. Uh, I, I just forgot to check something like check a checkbox basically and that's why the microphone wasn't working so apologies for apologies to my microphone for uh bad mouthing it last week and uh you also could have just uh whistled into your phone at the correct tone and uh connected to the podcast that way exactly exactly yeah like like, like like abe and abe's odyssey hi uh, hi uh, hi uh. he whistles it as well right he goes, <laughs> i can't really do the whistles i'm not a good whistler yeah. um follow me <laughs> sorry well continue with the show okay um yeah so it's the last episode we were going to record in person and uh i wouldn't have even needed to try to fix my microphone but uh due to coronavirus reasons we're recording distantly distance distant (laughs) Uh, distantly that's how you say that word um and yeah we'd just like to also say thanks to all the people who I, i posted about it on the uh irish magic facebook page and a lot of people um kind of posted comments and 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 shared that they were uh the podcast was going away and stuff like that so thank you to everybody who has listened and uh and and made a comment or or ever said anything like uh good nice about the podcast or even just said that they listened um really appreciate all that makes it all worthwhile Uh, i liked uh yeah fair play to everyone i liked how uh one of the only specific requests to get us to talk about something was like hey talk about that time alan was dumb (laughs) no it was this is a perfectly reasonable question and I spent a lot of time trying to figure out why I asked it. Uh, this was um, at a, an Avon PTQ, a modern PTQ, uh, which I won, by the way, just, you know, before we start saying I'm done. But um, I just called where I had to ask the judge what the flavor text of Skullcrack was. The flavor text? Sorry. Sorry. No, <laughs> judge. I think, I think I actually got that mixed up as well when he asked. I always say flavor text, but Oracle text. The Oracle text. The Oracle text of uh, Skullcrack. Um, <laughs> And I was, I was racking my brains trying to figure out why I'd asked it because in my head I was like trying to, so something I like doing is trying to kind of figure out tiny pieces of information from a time that happened a while ago and try to piece together kind of what it was. So I remember the Orpichu I qualified for um, had a play math for top 16 that was based on Ravka Allegiance. So therefore, um, this was during the summer of the summer before Ravka Allegiance came out. So this was uh, M19 was the standard, was the standard, um, the standard set. Kind of during the summer where the PTQ was. Um, and then I was trying to figure out kind of what build of Tron I was playing because basically I was trying to figure out why I'd asked that question. Um, and I was thinking that maybe I wanted to see if Skullcrack targeted a player because um, if it's because I, I, I know the text is you know, players can't gain life um, and damage can't be prevented. So I was thinking it could easily say, you know, your opponent, each opponent loses three life. Um, but I wanted to figure out if it said target player or not. Uh, but I was thinking, well, there's no way I was going to give myself hexproof because this is before Carnegie Creator. This is before uh, you obey the summer. Um, so I was trying to figure out what it was. Uh, but then I, I contacted, I contacted the guys who made this request. Uh, see, see Darren, Darren, and uh, Darren confirmed that it was. I wanted to see if um, Skullcrack could be redirected to deal damage to Planeswalkers. That's what I was going to guess as well. Damn it, yeah. that could have been an extra turns preliminary. Oh, that that would have been got it right. <laughs> well, I didn't know the answer to it until Darren told me. But, uh, and that's a perfectly reasonable thing to ask, right? Because it's like, 
We had this big super rule change came in that, you know, changed the name of all the cards. And uh, it's important. I think I was deciding whether or not to take a card up or down. Um, and I wanted to see if Skullcrack would kill it. Still shameful. And uh, to be clear, that is why we're ending the show today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, uh, this scandal has come out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The, the people dredged up old tweets of uh, me uh, inquiring about the favorite, about the Oracle decks of uh, Skullcrack. Um. And with that, I would like to say that why we're ending the show is our version of, do you want to know how I got these scars? Do you want to know how I cracked my skulls? <laughs> oh, you mean, you mean that there's different reason for each other? Different, many reasons. None of them are real. Yeah, exactly. What can change the nature of a man? But I know how you got these scars. <laughs> um, yeah. So, instead of talking about 15-year-old movies, um... What's that 15-year-old? I was talking about a 15-year-old video game. Completely different. What's your 15-year-old video game? What, what, what did you say? I said, what can change the nature of a man? But I'm, I'm, I'll leave that as an exercise for the readers at home. I don't know what that readers. is. Listeners, I don't know. It's from Planescape Torment. Oh, okay. One of the greatest games of all time. Alan, in particular, you would love it. Uh, really? Wolf, you would love it. Probably slightly less, but you would also still love it. Yeah. Be like it's I... an RPG, right? Where... I'll give you the the opening, Al. You're going to love this. So you wake up uh, on a slab in a mortuary, uh, naked. You're covered in tattoos uh, that all say different cryptic things. And you have no memory whatsoever. And then the entire game is realizing you're immortal at the beginning. And then the entire game is trying to figure out why you're immortal and how you can end your life. Holy shit. So it's like a big epic... uh, Dark Isle, RPG, same guys that made Baldur's Gate, Icewind Dale and everything like that, but it's not about saving the world or stopping a big bad guy, it's just a completely personal quest for understanding and redemption. It's absolutely brilliant. You can be it naked. Yeah, I think you stay naked the whole game, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, that sounds fast. I actually think we will check it out. Um, there that I'm quarantined. Not quarantined. I don't know. Well, I guess we're all quarantined anyway. Locked in. I, you, you would actually love it, yeah. To anyone yeah. else who likes uh, kind of... Um, big uh, epic RPGs like that it's really good it's it's basically it's kind of like you know the way the most the the most fun way to play like RPGs like that is usually to like max your int and wisdom and then you get more dialogue options and stuff like that yeah. basically this game is like you're missing literally half the game if you don't do that and there's almost no fight in the game you actually have to take if your int and whiz or charisma are high enough. You can basically talk your way out of literally any situation. I think there's only like one or two boss fights in the game you actually have to do through combat. Uh, you can you can always get out of them in other ways if you're clever enough. It's a great game. Oh, that sounds so good. It's something that I feel so many games kind of get close to that, but then don't really fulfill on that promise. Um, it's very frustrating when like you, you feel like you have all this freedom, then all of a sudden you're just trained, you're just railroaded for. I guess for the convenience of the game, you kind of feel like you're being cheated out of it. But uh, yeah. this does sound, this sound awesome. great. Highly okay. recommended. One of the best games ever. Yes. Yeah, yeah I've heard about that. That's, a, that's like a D&D property as well, isn't it? Yeah. So planes, uh, So it's set in Sigil, which is like the plane that's like the city of doors. It's supposed to be like the interconnected point between all the other planes in the D&D universe. And then you go, I believe, to two other D&D planes during the game as well. Cool. Um, but it's mostly set just in Sigil, this one uh, kind of city that's like full of all this weird stuff because like stuff from all the other planes pops up there. Well, sounds awesome. I I, I, yes. um, I played Baldur's Gate one and two, not like very serious. Like I don't remember much about them other than like the combat and the experience or whatever. But um, I don't remember any of the story or anything. Enough that I'm like hyped for Baldur's Gate three, 
So sounds like I probably would like Planescape. Yeah, to be honest, it has the same combat as like Baldur's Gate 2. The combat is probably the worst element of it, um, just because it's very much a story-based game and you are kind of slightly railroaded and if you want to experience the game fully into getting like going this into whiz strategy so i never found the combat all that all that fun personally but uh i mean you just be a mage and you just you just throw big chromatic orb blob things at people and you're good to go sweet i mean well as i always say the combat tomorrow wind is awful but still my favorite game so oh, that's that great in my way oh i'm definitely going to spend my uh spend my self-isolation or whatever it is uh modding morrowind oh gotta be Gotta play vanilla baby on on an Xbox 360 or Ugh. Xbox. Ugh. I mean that yeah. that is where I mostly played it originally. But have you guys ever played a Nairim, the mod for Oblivion that like that those Germans came up with? I don't think so. It's like N E H or I M. It's been recommended to me like loads of times. It's like an entire game full mod of Oblivion that I think took like five years to make or something like that. It's meant to be amazing. I've never played it anyway. Just thought I'd mention it. Oh well, yeah. Oh, I think I played one. Of, I, th- I think I played one that's like that in Skyrim. Like it's a not quite a game, like a full game size, but like it's the same size as one of the expansions of Skyrim. Um, and it's really good. Like a lot of those mods or fan made mods, um, like mod expansion style things, are really good. And a lot of people have you know gotten their start in game development or gotten hired because of those things. Yeah, definitely very cool. And also, I'm very hyped for Baldur's Gate three. I just wanted to say that too. <laughs> I watched the the trailer for it, and I was like, all I understood was like, oh, that's a mind flare. This is some cool shit going on. I don't know what's happening. It looks awesome though, um, and that's about all, as far as I got. But it made me like do a deep dive into like mind flare and uh, what are they called, Githyanki, their lore and stuff like that. So yeah, very pretty hyped for Baldur's Gate. As long as Minsk Minsk comes back, that's all I care about. Literally, do not remember that. Although um, I think I'm gonna. I play through Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 as well. I don't know, I think they might be a bit too old for me to enjoy. Dude, Minsk is the fucking ranger in Baldur's Gate 2, and he has the hamster called Boo that he talks to. I have no recollection of that. This is, you're off the podcast. All right, okay. <laughs> I, I, have, I have no idea either, but I should get that to myself. <laughs> well, we're on the podcast. I'm off the podcast. All right, off the podcast. This, this is going to be uh, the next era of Kieran talking about um, old games. And then what happens in Planescape Tormentors? <laughs> Um, all right, so we'll talk about a little bit of magic stuff uh, and get it out of the way. I guess it's kind of not much to talk about because everything's cancelled, um, but everything is like varying degrees of cancelled. So like all the like the GPs and the SCGs are basically just all cancelled for at least the next month to, uh, to, to six weeks, I think. And then in terms of players' tours and players' tour finals and Mythic Invitationals, there's a number of things happening. So basically, the Mythic Invitational, the up, whatever the upcoming one was, is cancelled, just completely cancelled. Um, which I think is yeah, it's fun. All, all these cancellations obviously are, are good. You know, public health, whatever. Um, the next round of players tours, which Al, you are due to due to play in, have been rescheduled. Basically, all of them have been rescheduled to about a month later. I think the the Japanese one has no definitive reschedule because there wasn't a convenient GP for it to be rescheduled to. But to be honest, I expect all of those to, re- to be rescheduled yet again. Um, as this thing gets worse and worse, it's pretty clear that events that are just, you know, a month after the ones that were already cancelled, it's still not far enough away to be to be safe. I mean, I mean, there's literally no 
certainty around it uh, as of yet. But like in other sectors, we're seeing like like in gaming, just to keep it relevant, uh, E3 has been cancelled, and that's in June. Um, people are talking like that the um, the new consoles, which are due to launch at the end of this year, could be pushed back. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see the players' tours further pushed back. And then the players' tour final has been cancelled. Um, and the players who are qualified for it will be qualified for the next one, um, which I think they have not properly scheduled yet. But yeah, they'll be able to qualify for that and there'll be an increase in prize money um, for that one. And I, I don't know if that one's far off far off enough that we can kind of like deem it to be you know, maybe not moved again or whatever. And then finally, I think it's, I don't know whether it's for the players tours or the players tour finals, uh, there's going to be an online option. But it's with no prize money. But there's something replacing the prize money. I don't remember what's making no it. No prize money? What? Yeah, I think I think that's what I read. Let me let me find out this. You you guys talk about this while I find the sources. And, and also, I think just I'm not sure if you mentioned this, but uh, the the next Mythic Invitational is also cancelled and will not be rescheduled. Yeah, yeah, I said that. Yeah. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah. SEG as a. Or... Yeah, I actually has a bunch of events too. Yeah, I said, I said that too. Yeah. Oh, sorry. But neither of us. <laughs> neither of us. <laughs> yeah. We never listened to him. I, I, I was waiting for finding the thing I was going to say in my head. Uh, the thing That's I was my secret. My I never listen to Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always angry. Um, that's a that's a reference. That's people love references. So that's a reference to the movie that about references. Yeah. Um, reference to Ang Lee's The Incredible Hulk, 2008. I don't know if it's from 2008. I don't think it is. Yeah. I think it's 2009. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. Well, what we'll get into is um, the movie I referenced was 2008, uh, Dark Knight. Um, mm-hmm. so I remember that because I was in, I was living in Vancouver at the time, and uh, I was, um, I was working late shift in, in in the supermarket, and I got home at like 11. I was finally having a quiet night. Most of my friends went to the the Dark Knight uh, midnight screening in Vancouver, and then they were saying, "Oh, it should, you know, we should come," but I was like, "We sold out." And then when I arrived, turned out they did one ticket. And I had like half an hour. They rang me, and I had half an hour to run in, run into the to, to the movie, the the, the the theater. And then as I was running, I was lost. But uh, while I was lost, this man dressed as Batman jumped out and said, "Halt, citizen!" And uh, I said, "Batman, where's 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 the where's the theater?" And he says, "It's over there to the left." And I said, "Thanks, Batman." And I made it to the movie. So um, Batman helped BC, uh, Dark Knight. This sounds like a fever dream, and I'm pretty sure you do have the coronavirus. <laughs> You never lived in uh, Vancouver. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I did. I don't think I did. But um, but yeah. So yeah, in terms of the yeah, Paris tour that I was qualified for, yeah, it was going to be on during uh, Magic Fest. Uh, that Magic Fest, uh, Copenhagen, which is during the start of May. Now it's going to be the end of May, thirty first of May in uh, Prague. But yeah, like Wolf said, <laughs> I, I think it is likely that I'll get pushed it again. But I suppose well, Wolf is confirming the details about the online on the online equivalents. Uh, the online answer to uh, players tours. Uh, I imagine, like, I feel like there is like a risk. I think it'd be bad if this happens, but there is a risk of um, if it's put if, if they can't have it in Prague on 31st May, then this online option will, will be mandatory. Because like we're we're seeing the impact of like them canceling this first player tour final is like having an impact to the the kind of the subsequent players tour seasons. Uh, so it might just be you know neither for them to. Uh, Make this for me an online option, um, but hopefully, so, hopefully there is prize money. Looks, it looks like Wolf has the info. Uh, yeah. So, um, 
also i just want to add that like the Ikoria pre-release i think is is cancelled and stuff as well but uh yeah i, ha- I have the uh, the regional players tour info here so it says we are moving and reschedule a number rescheduling a number of upcoming players tour events the event schedule for copenhagen april 30th to may 3rd has been moved to prague may 29th to 31st so that's a bit less than a month later there's no way that's happening. Zero percent chance. It's yeah, it's very unlikely. Yeah. Uh, the event scheduled for Charlotte on May seventh tenth has been moved to uh, Seattle June fifth to seventh. Again, doubtful. Um, we are actively looking for a replacement venue and date for the event scheduled for Kitakyushu May eighth to tenth. We will have more information soon. And then the last one is we are adding an online event option that will play, take place on Magic the Gathering Arena. So Arena, uh, not not MTGO. Oh. So it would be it would not include modern, obviously. Um, Wait, it's arena? What? Yeah, I feel like when I originally read this, it was Magic Online. But... It definitely was Magic Online. Yeah, it was Magic Online. Did they Holy change that? Shit. It says arena. That's... It said it definitely said Magic Online. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think I pasted this to the WhatsApp, right? Okay, yeah. I'm going to investigate. Find that. Couple. This is some 1984 shit. If they went <laughs> back and changed this. Okay, okay. So let me finish the. Magic the Gathering Arena, June 13th to 14th for players who are not able to attend one of the in-person events or if we have to cancel any of the above rescheduled events. Again, I feel like it didn't say that before. Uh, this event... No, it didn't. I don't remember reading that, yeah. This event will award player points and in lieu of prize money, will offer travel awards to the players' tour finals. Oh, that's so crap. It did, say, it it did say that because I remember for the original one. Yeah, uh, okay. Still crap. It says, wait, 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 there's still one more sentence. There are are still a lot of details to work out on this event, but we want to make sure to have a digital event for those who may still be unable to travel at that time. That's it. Yeah. Uh, I think my instinct now is that they're, I think they're going to just cut that entire thing and just say, here, it's just going to be online, really like it or not. Uh, Maybe if if there's everyone's doing it online, they'll change this thing with no prize money. So the bit I pasted just said, we are adding an online regional players tour event option for players who are not able to or choose not to attend an in-personal event. It doesn't say Arena or Magic Online. So I think they went back and added Magic Online. Jesus Christ. It's like, or, uh, sorry, I mean added Arena, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've already seen this out. Okay. Good thing, good thing <laughs> and did uh, it- Arena, that's so crap. That's like you lose so much edge there, Al, if you have to yeah. play. Yeah, God. Like, I did, like, no offense, but you would do much, much better at Modern, I feel like. Than, than you would just have a better edge of modern than standard, I feel like, against the field. Yeah, well, that's supposed to be a lot of modern, and, and you've done well, like, yeah, and the standard format at this point is unknown, you know, it's gonna be after, yeah, release. exactly, yeah. Um, and also, like, that means they are gonna have to have human drafts on arena for the draft portion as well. Well, there's no draft in this, right? Yeah, there's no draft. Oh, there's no draft. Oh, yeah, correct, yeah, but it's just gonna be standard. Oh, that's oh, I guess start practicing standard, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I assume I terribly modern, so that's that's good. I've been doing pretty well in modern uh, frags. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's weird. Actually, that's not true. Sorry, I just I just like won four to league with that terrible Rakdos mid range deck. Oh, there you go. Sorry, go go ahead. Um, yeah, so that's weird, and um, obviously we're going to see a big hit to everything, all the world economy and events uh, over the next coming months. And you know, here's hoping it all comes back to normal sooner rather than later. But uh, I'm thinking at least. Uh, summer you know at the at the absolute earliest like i'm I'm thinking like like rescheduling events for july is probably the most hopeful you could be at this point well like if you think about it you don't have to just it doesn't just have to be the country that the event is scheduled in 
has to be okay from the virus. It's like travel has to be open from the rest of Europe or America or, or the Americas or wherever. So other people can travel to it safely and not spread the virus. So like for the event of fire in a month's time you're, or, or two months time, even you're saying that everywhere around there where people are going to travel from will also have completely contained the outbreak, which just is, is not possible. I don't think because the countries are just going to get it at different rates, right? Yeah, yeah I think um, I, I think this original announcement was kind of was written kind of you know a lot, a lot has changed since it was written. Um, I mean, this this is before any kind of continent wide light bans, which are which were seen coming back now. Uh, I think the intention of having the online option previously was you know just in case in case you're for one country that's locked down, but everyone else can fly to it. Maybe a handful of people can go to the event if it's being held. But uh, I, I imagine now if um. They'll make a decision to cancel Magic Fest Prague, and then when they do, they'll have a clear plan as to what's going to replace this. Um, maybe it's yeah, if it's Arena, if it's Magic Online, um, that I, I, I just imagine they might as well just scrap the the, the text they said in, in this article because well, first of all, it seems like they're going back and changing things uh, without telling people. But um, I guess the situation is just entirely different now than it was you know two weeks ago. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, like it's just gonna. It, it basically needs to be. Everything needs to be essentially back to normal um, in order to be holding these type of things. Um, so I think for the foreseeable future, they should just trans- transition to online events. And where they can, those online events should be on uh, Magic Online, in my opinion. Uh, if it's a standard-only event, I think it's fine to do some approximation on it of it. Like they have the format from the Mythic Invitational qualifiers that they can implement uh, for players, and then it's just a case of linking their DCI with their arena account, um, which should be easy enough. But yeah, to be to be clear, if it is all standard, I think arena is a better option than Magic Online because Magic Online has famously not done very well in the past with like large important events and crashed and had to restart the event and stuff like that. Whereas just manually do it through arena and like commit the staff to make sure it goes okay and stuff like that. And it means a better streaming experience and stuff as well. So that so if it is just standard, that seems like a better option. Yeah, yeah. I think I think modern like the fact that this event is supposed to contain modern means that they really should put it on Magic Online. But you know, whatever. Uh, what if the second format is historic? Oh my god! Uh, I think that's a possibility now. Before I think about it, that you know you, you can't have um, a pro tour of uh, or player tour of this one format, and um, yeah, they can't have drafts if it's if it's not going to be you know player drafts so um yeah maybe standard historic standard and historic on arena i think is the neatest uh fix for this that would be so funny they should do like so like two events so like the first one you need to you need to go six and two or better in like standard and then you qualify for the for the historic one then you need to go six or two six and two or better in that or whatever and then you top eight or whatever it is that's literally that sounds like the worst tournament i've ever heard of yeah, so this is the pro tour where I'm spending my whole magic career trying to qualify for. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a shit show, Al. I'm sorry, but it is. Hopefully, they just let you defer entirely if that's a possibility. If they give you some fucked up arena option like this, uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I guess okay. I mean, maybe, maybe that could work because um, I guess if uh, if you know all all, all the PTQs that will be leading the next one. So let's say if yeah, we have this fix between now and say August when everything's better. Hopefully, everything's better. Um, I mean, there'll have there'll be no PTQs held at all during. You're not period of time as well, so um, I don't know. I mean, it's there's so many unknowns. I mean, things can get much worse. Uh, we don't know, but whatever, whatever thing I play in, uh, I'll just win it. So that's 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 all we can do. 
just win the motherfucker. All right. Uh, moving on to slightly happier news, I guess. Kind of happier news. Uh, Fetchlands are getting a reprint. Zendikar Fetchlands in particular. They're coming to a secret lair drop in the summertime. And it's coming to um, coming to LGSs. So it's not going to be distributed at all the same way that secret lairs have been distributed up until now, which is a day window where you can just order it and then they're printed to demand and shipped out to people. It's literally not that at all. You cannot order it. You have to get it from an LGS. And I think, I, can't, I, I, I don't know where these numbers came from, but I heard that LGSs are going to receive somewhere in the region of six to 10 copies of it. And the, well, the Wizards don't do MSRP anymore, but uh, the quoted price is somewhere a bit more than $165. So five enemy fetches for, let's say, $170. Uh, which is what 140 euro or something like that. Um, kind except for it'll be except for it'll be like 190 euro in the shops here or something. Yeah, it'll be 200 euro. <laughs> yeah. So conspiracy theory, tinfoil hat time. They just had to cancel a shitload of events, and this is like the most guaranteed money printing thing of all time. Is this just to like balance their books because they just had to cancel a bunch of magic fests? Um, I mean the the dis- the distribution method could be. Um. However, who knows if shops are going to be open then? So they might have to switch back to online. I mean, whenever whenever they're open, you know, it'll just for the year or whatever. These will guaranteed entirely sell out all over the world. So I mean, it's just they're they just already know exactly how much money they're making ahead of time off this product, right? I, Literally every copy will sell out. Yeah, sure, kind of. I, it also depends on how badly the economy in general in the world is hit, because who knows if people will have money to spend on magic cards. Um, I don't think so. If if only ten copies per LGS, that's like pretty low supply, right? Sure. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, they they do know that this is gonna is gonna sell out. But obviously, I mean, they obviously had this planned because they had to commission art for it months in advance and blah blah blah. blah. But uh, yeah, possibly the distribution method was changed in order to help shore up uh, profits for the year or whatever. I think it probably was. Although, yeah, because like. I think it's probably just a risk thing where like, honestly, it could have made more money if they just did it through the normal, you know, method of, uh, of the online secret layers, but it's probably just like, Oh, we now have like a million dollars hole in the books because we have to cancel these magic fests. How do we just make a million dollars and make sure it's going to be okay for our next financial report? Just print this product. Boom. Done. I, th- I think that's probably what it is. Yeah. I think, I think it makes sense. And you kind of wonder like, as far as this was conceived as like a, um, you know, a break glass in case of emergency kind of kind of product in case needed it. So it's probably they probably had this up to sleeve for a while, and uh, you, know, you can just select your imagination for a while in terms of you know what, what other last minute products can be print in case uh, things go to shit. Secret layer reserve. <laughs> oh yeah. Here I got too excited about that one. <laughs> Secret layer cans. Hope everyone's counting. Things are gonna get loose by the end of this podcast. Yeah, I'm finished my glass of wine. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Well, okay, do you want to? I was gonna get a drink, but um, I, but we can't all, we can't leave Kieran by himself if we won't leave now. Ah, uh, lads, I have so much plot of Planescape Torment to talk about. <laughs> all right, here, you want to, you want to or we can cut it there. Or no, no, I'll, I'll, I'll stay here. I, I don't think I have any more wine left. Um, uh, I'll, I'll give you a drink. Go on, go on for the fridge. Yeah, yeah, go on there. Psych. Oh. oh. Lads, lads, lads. <laughs> so here's the here's one of the coolest things in my opinion about Planescape Tournament, right, Wolf? Okay, tell me. Okay, so one of your uh, one of your like party is called Dakon, and he's like a he's a monk who's like kind of a samurai type type monk, 
and uh, there's a lot of spoilers to do with your past life. Basically, all your companions in the game, you think you're meeting them for the first time, but it turns out throughout the course of the game that most of them knew you in a past life, basically, uh, in one of your past incarnations, who all have different personalities and stuff, but you just have no memory of it. Um, so this happens with Dakon as well, and you get into these like deep conversations with him in terms of like, uh, you know, what you were like before to him and, and what your relationship was like and what it is like now. And then basically he tries to like teach you about his religion, which I think is called like the Rings of Zerthamon or something like that. And then as you go on with the game and as you level up your stats, like your your wisdom and your intelligence, you can like get into deeper like theological discussions about his religion with him and what it means to him. And basically if you get far enough you can like unlock like hidden rings in his like Bible, which is called like the rings of Zerthamon. And you can actually like give him like an insane stat boost by like revealing new hidden truths to him about like his spirituality that he didn't even know. Oh, that sounds pretty class actually. How badass is this game? So good. Yeah, that's it. I want to put my headphones back on. All I hear was here. I was saying the rings of Zerthamon. Class. (laughs) I put on my robe and wizard's hat. I've 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 uh, I've <laughs> I've searched this now. It's it's the unbroken circle of Zerthamon is the is a religious text. Um, Don't spoil it for yourself. But yeah, there you go. Uh, base price zero copper. Weight two pounds. Usable by Dakon only. There you go. Class. My memory is pretty good for a game I last played like fifteen years ago. I have to say, I I probably own this game. I'm going to boot up Steam right now just because you know you know the way that you just accumulate games on Steam. Yeah, I know there was a good old games version that was like made to work on Windows 10 and stuff like that because the original release like wasn't very good on modern systems. Oh, okay. I do have a good old games account again. That's another place where you just accumulate games. Yes, I've got all games on that. world. Um. All right, we'll just yeah. I don't think we have much more to say about those fetch lands, do we? Um. No, I mean it's whatever. I think the price point is very high, but yeah, they'll sell out. I'm not interested in them. I already have the old fetch lands that i want so and even if i was buying new ones i wouldn't be buying these ones they're a non-foil that's worth pointing out so these are more for tournament players i guess than uh, than collectors because they are aware of the the foil thing but like if you have to buy four copies of this that's six hundred dollars it's more than six hundred dollars it is but that's like so to be fair that's still like four hundred dollars cheaper than buying them at market value off tcg player or whatever to get a place out of all the fetches Sure, I guess that's something. Like they're they are very expensive. I don't think this will bring the price price down on fetches, especially with the new art. I think one of them is like John Avon and stuff like that. Um, they are they have said they're going to reprint fetches again later in the year, uh, probably in a commander product or whatever. So let's let's see what happens then. I guess oh, yeah. I think it's going to become less less relevant as time goes on because fewer people are going to play modern and more people are going to play pioneer. So I think demand for fetches is going to go down. And the price will probably drop accordingly. Yeah, like I'm not interested yeah. in these because I'm never going to play modern. Like I sold out of my cans fetches, which had been in my binder since since I used them in standard. Like, and I had taken them out probably I don't know five times in the intervening years that when I was of a mind to play modern, or <laughs> and also when uh, when Frontier started. Um, that means you're going to get smashed in me and Al's uh, CEDH tables, but as long as you're okay with that. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine with me. Um, but yeah, I, I think that uh, you, you mentioned like the one has John Avon art and then another one actually has Seb McKinnon art and Seb McKinnon very rarely does art for lands. So that's probably going to be a big deal for some people as well. Um, 
And then, yeah, like you said, they're, they're going to be reprinted further in a Commander project product, but they were also confirmed not to be coming to Standard this year. They, they just confirmed that, uh, so that means that I owe Kevin Fogarty a collector booster. Really? You thought they were going to put them back in Standard after the whole thing with Pioneer and everything? Yeah, I thought that they were going to put them into Zendikar and then, um, and then just ban them from Pioneer straight away. Um, my reasoning for that was, um, so like, in the wake of Battle for Zendikar and like how like shit it was and the the, the player reception, like um, Mark Rosewater did a whole thing about um, how you're supposed to meet player expectations at minimum and then also give them more surprises and things like that on top of it. On top of it, it's part of his whole series on design or whatever. And I know that like fetch lands are not a design thing in terms of uh, what being in a set but they're more of a, like a marketing thing almost but like but no but like that makes no sense to me either though because in terms of the fan base expecting it because like you can't have one data point and call it a sequence right they were in one zendikar set that doesn't mean they're going to be in every zendikar set no. but like once the shock lands are in two ravnica sets in a row you can expect they're in the third ravnica set is the way i would look at it yes i know what you're saying but what i what i so they they did a whole thing like a whole retrospective after battle for zendikar talking about how they hadn't met players' expectations in a whole range of areas. Gotcha, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, players really, really expected fetches in that set because they had just printed the Allied fetches in Cannes the year before. So, like, player expectation for the fetches was really high and then they didn't come and people were really disappointed by it. because Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, those, those fetches were already in modern. So all that printing them would have done would be, like, to make the mana better, better in standard and to lower the prices like they probably would have been better for standard than the actual lands that they printed in battle for zendikar which were fetchable duels so very true yeah very true <laughs> the irony <laughs> although they would have lasted uh for, for into the next year cycle of standard as well so yeah so obviously the there were there were fetchable duels in in Amonkhet or whatever which i think and and to be fair at the time they were thinking it uh, thinking or probably when they were designing it that's when they had done the super long standard cycle that they tested out so they probably thought fetches would last even longer than that no they had the short standard cycle at that time oh yeah never. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which didn't even off the, podcast. Uh, the only the only thing what did the short standard cycle do i think it rotated out dragons of tarkir faster than it usually would have and then they abandoned it uh, yeah. or maybe cans of tarkir faster than I, it think... have. I don't know it rotated some set out yeah uh, it was uh cans and fate were, were, were rotated out but um dragons were still in yeah, 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 that was really bad. That was actually terrible. Yeah. Like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, yeah. So, well, no, it, it turned out to be good at that time because of the the mana situation because people were playing those four color decks. But anyway, it was still ridiculous though because I remember as a new player coming back into standard, I'm like, what is this one weird set that's on its own that's legal? Like, it was very confusing to me. Yeah, it was definitely confusing for players, and obviously that's why they. But oh my god. It's up a new beer, a new bottle, got right, but. Uh, yeah so like they didn't meet players expectations so that to me felt like an omission of oh, we fucked up by not including fetches that time so you know next time we go back to Zendikar get ready for the fetches so that's why I was like so convinced that they were going to do it but obviously it's been confirmed not so this whole round has been for no reason and yeah I'm an idiot alright yeah. moving on swiftly <laughs> I like how Meteor was said you're not an idiot wolf <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, oh, well all right, well, that's it for Magic News, and uh, that's our last Magic News of all time on this podcast. David is wrong, and Kevin Fogarty will win a bet he made. Yeah, and we were talking about it. He was like, 
oh yeah, so that's like that's like nine euro. Well, I said I'll bet you a collector booster. He's like, oh, so nine euro. I was like, where are you getting your collector boosters for nine euro, you madman? Twenty five euro in the shop. Oh, <laughs> I think. Hashtag MTG Finance. Um, all right, well then, so we have a, a let's let's just go straight from the end of the show into extended extra turns. It's all extra turns now. Extra turns. Hey. I, mean, I, I have an actual extra infinite turns. Right to the actual end of the show. That's a great name for it. Infinite turns. Um, we... Yeah. Well, no, but like we, we, the, the show's over now. We're done. Do your thing. Yeah. <laughs> you use opponents already. Oh, we could go on for it much, so much longer. Yeah, we're not. We're not doing a traditional um, thing after the thing. We're not doing. <laughs> we're not doing an outro music into extra. Oh. You can just start your extra turns now. Go for it. Up. Yeah, actually, yeah, this one, this one, um, yeah, I guess we'll pass some discussion anyway. Um, all right. I mean, are we going to, has a pause happened? Well, this doesn't really matter. I'll just start talking. Um, well, the line has faced off against Wolf many times. And uh, I would, I, I have right here written down the numbers, the, the, the actual record of uh, who won the most in line versus Wolf showdowns. Oh, my God. That's uh, a lie. Of course, it's a lie. I, I can barely keep track of who has more questions right, uh, let alone who's won over the past uh, two years. But it's I definitely have... Wolf, because most of them are magic related. Wolf is way better than me at those. Oh, well, this one, well, uh, well this could have mentioned that because now I've uh, curated uh, these questions, uh, 10 questions, but uh, I have them specifically designed to be asked to uh, either here or David. Because um, that is because these are all questions about the show Skull Crack itself, about us. Okay, I'm looking up the flavor text. So I didn't people. Love it. All right, here on, here on. Basically, basically, I, I arrange it because I know you'll likely know the answers I'm giving Wolfbear and vice versa. Uh, Wolf will notice, Kieran will not, but maybe you will. Kieran, what was the name of the first episode of Skullcrack? Oof. I can hear you. Is it, is it, uh, is it, was it Horse Tribal? No, no, that's what you're on. I have no idea. Uh, Wolf, you know? Um... I actually do not. Oh, no, I'll tell you no, because you named it. It was um, Amonkhet Gods, Tap to Crew. Ah. That's so long ago. It's actually insane how long we've been doing this show. Yeah. It's like, so that was like um, before any cards had been spoiled for Amonkhet. So we were speculating as to how the devotion kind of mechanic would work for for for, um, for, the, for the gods from Amonkhet Gods. I guess we'd be seeing images of them. And uh, the Amonkhet Gods, they kind of looked like they were artifact creatures. So, uh, yeah, one of us jokes saying it was after crew. Like a vehicle. All right, well, if you didn't get that one, but then you definitely won't get this one. David, what was the name of our second episode? All the questions start like this. It's going to go through all 120 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Including this one. Um, yeah. uh, I really don't know. Um, um, hold on, give me a clue, give me a clue. I actually, I, I can't remember the context of this. So it was something about a joke we made about a combo that a new god would let us do. May not be even true. No, I have no idea. Here, Angelo. I'm going to get around the same time we did have an episode called Hazard the Pervert, so I'm going to guess that. Actually, it was not, though. No, I think that was very oh. next. That, that was definitely around the same time, though. Uh, our second episode was called Infinite Sun Titans. Nice. Remember what, remember what that was? Talk about recurring Sun Titans? Uh, I have no idea. That sounds great, though. Was it. Um, no, I don't remember. Was it something, well. with, uh, something to do with Sahili Rai? No? Oh, I don't know. Oh yeah, it probably was in uh, in modern or whatever. Yeah, the four color Sahili deck with Sun Titan and stuff like that. Yeah, good show. Oh, okay. Ooh. Well, you said that question wrong, so you know. Fuck's sake. Uh, for for Kieran, 
uh, Skullcracker introduced a segment called Deck of the Week, uh, which proved to be extremely popular. That wasn't really. Uh, but <laughs> we then retired it because it was too popular. Everyone's yep. favorite. People people that skipped the rest of the show just get the deck of the week. But uh, what was our first deck of the week? First, first deck of the week. Yeah. Was it uh, the what you ended up making your EDH deck best off based off, which was a jewel deck, which I think was like, is it like wizards versus inventors or something? Uh, no, that, that, is, that is very... It's a very good answer, but it's wrong. That, oh, that, was, few, that, was, that was a few weeks in, but um, that was certainly the low point of our deck of the week. Was uh, the oh god, was it was a mind? Yeah, it was like mind, oh, mind versus mind yeah, or something. Dark. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, still playing that fucking ADH deck too. So I am definitely the yeah. low point. <laughs> still playing my limit rates and my decree of violations, wiping boards and wiping arses. Uh, well, whose uh, <laughs> arses are you wiping? Look at your arse, multiple kick your arse. Oh, well, that's, that's nice. Beat my opponents. That's wipe my arse with your commanders after I kill them. So, no, you said you were uh, wiping my arse after you kicked my arse. <laughs> it was far more threatening in my head before I said it. It's on the record, Al. It was episode. Uh, Wolf Jimmer, what our first deck of the week was? Um, was it in our first episode? No, it wasn't. It was a few episodes in. Um, a few episodes in. Was it a Frontier deck? No, no, it was before Frontier. Before Frontier? Well, we started the podcast. At the same well, time as Frontier. Um, Wait, no? Frontier came a little bit later, I think, right? I mean, I, I, I listened back to the first few episodes, so I mentioned Frontier. Okay. Um, can you give me a clue again? <laughs> um, it ended up being a very good deck of standard. It was a very good deck. Was it Mardu Vehicles? I'm going to say that is incorrect. It was uh, Mardu, Mardu Ballista. It was when the Mardu decks changed and got bigger and played paid things offers. Nice. Like, 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 ah, no, I'd give them that. Oh, all right. Well, if you say, if you say so. <laughs> all right. Um, I have these labeled up. So back to David. Back to back to Wolf. Uh, what was the first topic of our first edition of Extra Turns? Extra Turns. The first time we did an Extra Turns segment. I have literally no idea. <laughs> <laughs> these all of these things in our show's history sat out more head, my brain, my mind, but uh, not you. Move to steel. What? Move to steel. Yeah, yeah. Go on, steel. Do you remember? No, actually, no, I don't really. But ah. was it? Uh, was it like? Uh, was it like Robo Rosewater? Like transla- mistranslated card names? No, it wasn't that? No, no. Fuck. Uh, these things all happened. That I'm saying, just not. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Exactly. Yeah, these, these are all probably the earliest things you remember, but not the first one. Uh, yeah, the first one was. Yes, that's my first uh, memory. Oh, uh, reading the ridiculous <laughs> questions. <laughs> was, uh, I, I get questions about the plagues for the Bible. The oh, you did. Yeah, that was a good yeah. one, actually. That was a good one. Yeah, All downhill yeah. from there. <laughs> yeah, this was during the um, spoiler season four. I guess it's kind of even probably just before the spoiler season four. Um, our devastation we kind of saw locust. I gotta uh, say, very night. appropriate for today as well. Oh, exactly. God, what, a, what a plague it is. And what I said back then was, uh, looking back, they're they're all fairly wild. All the plagues of the Bible. Uh, probably a lot wilder. Say, this, this third beamish is going down well. I gotta say, it's good. Ooh. Well, about the widget. Um, so uh, yeah, here's what we're here on. Um, so David Wolf was was suffering a disqualification, uh, but even more heartbreaking heartbreaking than that was uh, when David Wolf was banned from the Magic TCG subreddit. Oh yeah, uh, do you remember why he was banned from Magic TCG subreddit? He posted a, an island meme. Is that that's yeah that's, that's that that an answer? Yeah, yeah. Uh, David Wolf, would you like to elaborate on why you're banned from Magic subreddit? Actually, I barely remember this. Um, I barely remember it either. Why is that still in my brain after all this time? That's ridiculous. These are important moments of our history. 
<laughs> it was obviously advertising the show, I guess. No, it wasn't. No, I was fine for that. Um, oh, yeah. So was I, I think. Wolf, Wolf tried, yeah, I think, I think both, all three of us swear, yeah. But uh, Wolf was banned because he made a joke that wasn't, wasn't funny enough. <laughs> yeah. It was, um, no, the, the, I remember this now. And it, it was, uh, I was like, I can't remember. Something else happened. And I maybe what was it? I thought of a better title for it or something like that. And I saw the app posted then under that new title. And it got like a thousand upvotes. Isn't that what happened? No, I'll tell you. Hey, I, I was one who who conceived the second post. I'll tell you exactly what happened. So first of all, yeah, Wolf was um was like a website where you can look at what the the complete opposite end of the Earth is, like the opposite end of the globe on Google Maps. So you're doing that. You found an island called Disappointment Island. You thought, hey, that's just like one of my classic uh, top decks. Um, yes. And then, oh, actually, no, sorry, my my, my joke was quite different, actually. Very. So yeah, you, you took a screenshot of that kind of image from Google Maps and and, and uh, posted it to the subreddit. Uh, it was it was deleted and you were banned for uh, posting non-magic related content. Yes. Uh, but later on, yeah, so it was a little bit later on when uh, the X-Fan story uh, happened. Um, Jace called, well, Jace is on his, his trapped on his island. At one point in, in, the, in the story, he refers to it as a useless island. And um, I basically took a screenshot of that, that, that page of the magic story. And then I posted it to the yeah, magic subreddit using the very same title you did. And uh, went straight to the front page. Yeah. But wait. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember now. Right? That yeah. was bullshit. <laughs> it is. It is. Oh, yeah. I think, I mean, I, I think more, I mean, I really just dislike magic. magic. This, is where, this, is where our, this is where we list our enemies. Uh, the magic subreddit is fucking awful. Like, yeah. Fuck. It's really bad. Yeah. It's like over time, I've despised it more and more, to be honest. I can barely look at it now. I actually don't really look at it, to be honest. I mostly just find out news from you guys now because I, I can't be fucked looking at the Reddit anymore. Yeah, yeah. I That's have why like... I look at or underscore. No, I was going to say the other horrible magic subreddit. I won't even, can't even say it out loud on the podcast. Uh, well, compared to the BDH, that's where, that's where I'm. That's where I spend a lot of time now. No, the, you know the alt right one that like. Would oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm obviously not saying yeah. it. Yeah, it's not magic circle jerking. Magic circle jerking is a great place. It's not that one, no. It's not that one, no. Um, but uh, yeah. So um, sorry. So here I'm about that right. I guess yeah. Here I'm yeah, about that right. So one all. I'll have to. I'll keep track of this one now, right? I'll do a better job. This master, you're on one. Wolf has one. Um, this and one to be clear, pity. Wolf's is a pity point that I gave him. That's true. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I mean, if you don't want, no, I just want to point that out. He can have the point. I'm just going to point well, that out every time you say this. Yeah, this week it's back in one of our first episodes. You call this option select. Is that what's called when you? Call oh it, yeah. Give oh, it to yourself. So yeah, you can yeah. say you win either way. But um, okay. Yeah, the you... option select is a very advanced technique in any form of life. It's hard to do in Magic the Gathering because it's cheating in Magic the Gathering. But if you're not playing Magic the Gathering, you basically do things in such a way so that no matter what the outcome, no matter how it's interpreted, that uh, you come out ahead. It's very important and I recommend everyone work on it in their daily life. Yeah, I think it's like if you just bring uh, like a shitty brew to FNM, you can kind of say... Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's a perfect option. Like, yeah. yeah, that's a perfect option. Yeah. Like, either you win and you get to say, I dominated you guys with this shitty brew, or you lose and you say, Well, I was playing this brew. Yeah. You're like, Oh, well, I gave Wolf the extra points, so it doesn't count. Exactly. Yeah. All right. This is for a Wolf. Uh, so, um, oh, yeah, God. I, I wrote this last week in my hand. Um, sorry, give me a second. So, <laughs> this is a jury nationals where nationals that you dominated um, when, when, you, when, you, when, we were, when you were a finalist. So, you're playing against that. This is. <laughs> This question is harder than the last question, so I, I think you have no chance of getting this. So uh, your opponent in one of the rounds, I think it was round, maybe even round one, round two, but your opponent was Jonathan. He was playing Teamer Energy. Or Jonathan Doogie. Do you remember who it was? Or which Jonathan it was? 
Yeah. Probably was Jonathan Doogie. Uh, he was yeah. playing teamer energy at that, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. You, you remember, yeah, you probably remember your matchups. Well, we're not, right? So you relive that tournament every day. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Something you have notice how many Ruble spells did it take you to kill Jonathan's Bristling Hydra? It was uh, the last turn in the match. Oh, oh, I actually do remember when you said that. Yes. It's coming back to me. I, well, I don't know if I remember the exact answer, but I remember the insane stack and the amount of activations. I want to say yeah. eight. Braid. I want to say four. It was four. Wow, very good. Uh, so I, I've, I've written down here. So um, so Wolf was, uh, yeah, yeah, so Wolf was on five. You're dead next turn, so you have to try and go for it. Um, you attacked with a, you attacked with your board. You exerted on the uh, Hydra. You activated it. You um, break went cast a braid. He activated the hydra. You cast hardest lightning. He activated it, and then he cast a second hardest lightning. Kill it, breathe. Exactly, that's absurd. And we're kind of talking about. We're sort of talking about how like it's almost like your opponent should have um, activated everything hydra in your upkeep, so you don't get to have. So you know, one of your one of your one of your um, yeah, one of one of so what, what you can't really. So if he does it outside of combat, you can't use Glorybringer as one of your removal spells. So like he would have won if he had activated everything hydra. At the beginning of your turn, they were they were saying like, does he ever get blown out if you don't have removal spells? Like that, if your hand is exactly a braid, hand lightning, hand lightning. Uh, but if you're if, you, if you're dead on board, otherwise maybe that is a play. But it's obviously it's very hard play to see. Be like, oh, well, I get blown out by three exact cards here. I'll spend my energy uh, at the start of the turn. Yeah, like in retrospect, I think it was fine to do what he did because it's very unlikely that I have three removal spells. But yeah, activating once in the upkeep is probably correct, just because then I would have had fewer cards in hand as well, so I'm less likely to have three removal spells. Um, wait, I would have needed four. But like, also, if he did that, then I just don't attack with my Glorybringer, I think, right? I, I don't remember the details. But... Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I, I think what exactly does that depends on what does his next turn look like with three energy less uh, if he's still have a board, he didn't attack with. Um, I mean, the way you described it, you're saying you're dead, you're, you're dead next turn no matter what. But uh, obviously, you can't remember um, what was on his side of the battlefield. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe he had two attackers, or I don't know. Anyway, yeah, great play yeah. by me. I remember how energi- energized I was after that game. I was super pumped. That's nice. Oh, you were as pumped as that for City Hydra. Was it? Could have been. Um, so, uh, yeah, so we'll get on, right? This one's for Kieran. Uh, this is one we'll probably get right. Uh, Kieran, uh, what was... Uh, so what were Team Ireland's opponents during what I called Wolfgate? During the DQ, who was Ireland against? Oh crap! I don't think I have any idea. Um, there was a pro on the team. Was it France? No. Okay, nope. I have no idea. So, so wait, you're you're just asking during that actual round? Yeah, yeah. Argentina. Yeah. This is ridiculously easy passover for Wolf. This. Really I mean, that's, yeah. Rigged. <laughs> rigged. <laughs> my, my, my thing about it. Yeah, well, he should have known Kieran. Prevent the passover. Um. So I just uh, this is for Wolf. Uh, which which net deck did filthy net decker Alan Harrison uh, pilot to victory at a PPTQ Kilkenny 2018? Um, blue back mid range with like Scarab God. Uh, yeah, remember who the who the pro was? Who who the pro was? Or who whose deck whose deck it was? It was a uh, fucking Matthew Folk's deck, right? Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh yeah. player. Was it, what, what was the year you could play? 1942. Yeah, recently unbanned, by the way. He recently put up a funny tweet being like, hey, I can finally go to a GP. <laughs> but there's no GP, so that's funny. Oh, I think Matt And then uh, Brad Nelson tweeted, and he said something like, I'm sorry you're not flooded with options right now. It's a pity <laughs> you're so stranded in your home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's 
such a super way to get the uh, get banned. Well, that's all, folks. Um, what? Uh, I, no, sorry. I was making making a joke about his name. Um, so ah, you're on. All right, the last few questions. Oh my god, I can't even remember this. Um, where did I? How did I write this? Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. So Kieran. Um. So yeah, we had a so during during the course of the podcast, we had a hiatus uh, right before a tournament. Uh, which tournament was that? The tournament we played in. Uh, that was the RPTQ in Milton Keynes. Milton Keynes, yes. I was wondering if you remember the name of that name of that shitty non-town. Oh, it's a terrible place. I think that's literally the worst place I've ever been. Like, I've never (laughs) been to a war zone or whatever, but just in terms of, like, soulless place that should not exist, like, if it got bombed in a war a year from now, no one would mourn it or any of the people who lived there. It's just (laughs) awful. (laughs) Fucking hell. It's uh, true! Al, is it not true? No, it's very very shitty. It's very shitty. It was, uh, it's just very... I don't know, very bland. It's like a, it's like if um, it's like if Weather if Weatherspoons was an entire town. It literally, is that because the reason Milton Keynes existed was because of like suburban sprawl from London in the sixties or seventies, and they realized, oh, we need to just build like a city, but there's no, it's just going to be us plonking a lot of buildings. It's like a giant housing estate that's the size of a city basically, because London was getting too big. So it's all like big American blocks structure it just looks completely artificial it's unlike no other city in england and it's just like people obviously work there in offices or they live there and just drive to london every day and there's just nothing there it's just like a weird hollow city it's really it's really terrible yeah i almost go as far as to say like it's not a town it's just a place people live yeah 100 percent uh yeah that, that was that was there now i would like yeah. to uh announce take this opportunity to announce that uh the reason that we're ending this podcast is because i'm actually moving to milton Keynes to uh produce the local milton Keynes appreciation society podcast deep dive the life in the Keynes. you got it keen about Keynes. oh that's what we're going to call the podcast pretty good um i don't know how we're we're this. the milton in right, i guess i have two kind of questions i was trying to figure out which one to have at the end but um right now this is uh saint patrick's eve we are recording this uh, on the 16th of March. Uh, it's kind of very, it's easy to forget that St. Patrick's Day is happening tomorrow because the world is in chaos. Uh, there's no, there's no, um, there's no parade. All the pubs are closed. Uh, so it's a very strange time. But we can remember back to a, a, a time of, a fairer time when St. Patrick's Day did happen. I re-recorded an episode of St. Patrick's Day. Um, it was following a tournament we played in Navin. Uh, no, none of us did well. Uh, maybe Wolf did well, but Wolf played a deck which we called the St. Patrick's Day deck. It was a deck of the week of, of that episode. Um, and we just, so after talking about this deck, we decided that if um, if St. Patrick was going to be a magic card, who would be this creature? That's what was the creature we said St. Patrick's St. Patrick would be uh, in a discussion about magic two years ago. It's the question. Like it's wait, it's an existing card. Existing card, yeah, yeah. Who is this question for? Me or it's for you? Sorry, it's for you. Sorry, it's for you. It's for Wolf. Yeah. For me, okay. So that yeah. deck was a uh, mono green aggro before it was like a real deck. It was like just before Dominaria came out, I think. Yeah. Um, and then it turned out to actually be a really good deck. Um, and I think it was a good deck for that weekend as well. Um, it wasn't Romus. Was it Galta? It was Galta. Yes, he says St. Patrick could be a twelve twelve green dinosaur. He was well, very good. Well done. It was great. Yeah, he just, <laughs> just proud that off top of his head. Um, he had the information ready to go. Also, uh, I have one more Milton Keynes quote. 
I know this is totally out of order, but this is from Terry Pratchett, uh, the great esteemed comedy and fantasy writer who wrote a great book called Good Omens with Neil Gaiman, um, who, which is now on Amazon Prime as a TV show, I think. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. But uh, he, has, he has a quote about Milton Keynes. So the book is about a, an angel and a devil, basically, uh, who know each other. And the quote about Milton Keynes is, neither claimed any responsibility for Milton Keynes, but both reported it as a success. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. My God. Um, so one last question, I guess, for, for Kieran as well, I guess. We, so after we, yeah, I guess for Kieran, um, after we recorded our, after that about the episode last year or two years ago, um, I had translated some magic cards uh, into Oscarilga, into the Irish language using Google Translate. Uh, one of them that will be the best one uh, had the following favorite text. Ask well, so what does it mean? Sorry, more. What what card has the favorite text? More Costas Erbid. Say again, sorry. Yeah, more Costas Erbid. Um, is it uh, Dark Confidant? It is Dark Confidant. Hey, Number there we go. Glad. Greatness, Annie. More. Yeah, my Irish, uh, my Irish got away from me for a sec there, but yeah. GG. So, uh, we'll take this one down. Well, if we count up the pity points and well, actually, if we count up the pity points, then it is a draw. Um, hey, there we go. So you know, you know what it You know what happens when it's a draw? A sub game. I, no, I win. I win. I'm an I well, draw. actually, how about uh, to to round this off? We played a little game of can't Harry the Harrison. Oh shit! I'll have I, I six questions for you from my esteemed website learnedleague.com, which currently I'm in. 20th place out of 24 people in my division, so it's not going well. I'm facing relegation right now. Oh, Today, I, I only got one question out of six correct. Let's see if you can beat me. Beat one, okay. Um, these are real questions. My minor nonsense questions. About... These are real, real trivia questions. These are I think they're, it's a pretty good set, though. I wouldn't give them to you okay. if, they were, if they were ungettable. Yeah. Okay, question one. The first iteration of Billboard magazine's alternative songs chart, originally called Modern Rock Tracts, Tracks appeared in September 1988 with the song titled Peekaboo in the number one slot. What band, which had no actual connection to a Native American tribe and was led by an audacious English musician born Susan Ballion, recorded this song? I just like how absurdly verbose the question is. Uh, that's there's, just, there's some clues in there. I'm saying, oh my God, for uh, Native American tribe, is, is this a. Uh, oh no, I'm going to. Can we say sorry, the last part, whatever her name? So, what band with yeah. which had no actual yeah. connection to a Native American tribe and was led by an audacious English musician born Susan Ballion recorded this song? Is that Susie and the Banshees? It is correct. Oh, well, oh yes. So the Native American thing being because she spells it Sue, as in the Sioux Native American tribe. Of course, yeah, yeah. Oh. Okay, so you're you're equal with me so far. Let's see. You might beat me now. Yeah, I didn't get that one. Yeah, I got one. Okay, right. Okay, question two. The Strategic Arms Limitation Talks, agreements from 1972 and 1979 between the U.S. and USSR to limit nuclear weapons proliferation, are known by the acronym SALT. What acronym was used for subsequent nuclear arms reduction talks that began in 1982 and resulted in a July 1991 accord? Oh, I have no idea. I'll just make a guess and say sugar. Not sugar. Wolf, do you have a guess? I thought that I wasn't involved in this. Well, you can get guesses if Al doesn't get it. All right, I'm going to say pepper. And that's what I guess, and it's not the not the answer. The answer is start in all caps, obviously. <laughs> you have to actually know that, that information. You can't, yeah, you can't it's, logic it's your way to that one. 
Question three. 1955's Pater Panchali was the debut of legendary Indian filmmaker Satyajit Ray and the first in his trilogy that tells the coming-of-age story of what young Bengali character after whom the trilogy is named. Oh, dear. Uh, I mean, I'm thinking of, uh, you know, Indian main characters and stuff being named after them. I will call you racist if you get it wrong and say a common Indian. <laughs> Damn it. You will uh, be cancelled. Oh, oh dear. Um, <laughs> like, 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 how, how common is Mowgli as an No, no, I don't know. <laughs> what? Um, oh, I have no idea. Actually, no, hang on, wait. Is it, is it Pi from Life of Pi? That is incorrect. Wolf, no, do you right. guess? Uh, Gandhi. Incorrect. The answer is Apu. That's Question a, you four. Tricked me, you tricked me. That was the first thing he made come to my head. <laughs> <laughs> I said if it was wrong, you'd be Gandhi. <laughs> well, you would have been right. Okay. All right, that's true. That's Question true. four. The Greek polymath Erastosthenes is remembered for various achievements, including his position as chief librarian at the Library of Alexandria, MTG reference, his calculation of the Earth's circumference, and his mathematical sieve that is used to identify what? Shit, I do notice. Um, uh, sorry, I, I need to. I don't, I, know the actual, I don't know what you're asking for. Sorry, it's uh, <laughs> his, question. His mathematical sieve that is used yeah. to identify what? Oh, I think it's like the the circumference of the Earth. No, no, no. I'll read it again for you. Oh, that was quite bad. Sorry. Yeah. The, the Greek polymath Aristophanes is remembered for various achievements, including his position as chief chief librarian at the Library of Alexandria, his calculation of the Earth's circumference, okay. and his mathematical sieve that is used to identify what. Damn it! The the thing I know about him is already the question, but that's not the answer. Uh, sieve. Oh God! Anything else he did? Oh, is that the um, the mass of the Earth? Incorrect. Well, no, do you have a guess? Um, the distance of the moon from the Earth. That's a good guess, but incorrect. This is the one I got. The answer is prime numbers. Oh wow! He had a kind of a, a, a like a filtering logarithmic logarithmic system where you could tell if something was a prime or not, as long as it wasn't too big. Ooh, pretty cool. Okay, so still on, still one one to one going into question. Yeah, five. I was, I was hoping I get to one you got. All right, all right. Well, get that one. Question five. While the largest island in the Persian Gulf is Iran's Keshem Island in the Strait of Hormuz, what is the only independent island nation located in the Gulf's waters? Oh no. Um, I'm going to need a second to try and try to picture where that is on a map. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's, there's no maps around me now. That'd be great if there was. Um, that would be cheating if you look. I know, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I'll go get to I mean, Obviously, I could, easy, I could very easily just get five out of five if I cheated, so I won't do that. That's well, the Learned yeah. League is, is based on an honor system, and you do have to click a tick box that says, I did not cheat today before you submit your question. <laughs> I like that. That is, yeah. that is their one system okay. that prevents cheating, which I love. Oh, I, mean, I know it's nowhere near, but it's a striker. Incorrect. Like, yeah, I love that. You have a guess. Uh, Bahrain. Correct. Oh! One to one to one. Wolf gets it oh. right. Damn it, this is supposed to be our tiebreaker. we we got to keep going uh, so we can have a winner. Wolf, did you know that, or was that a guess? Uh, that was a guess, but I knew, like, I do know that there is an island nation around there, and I can never remember if it's Bahrain or Qatar. And uh, brilliant, like, yeah, Bahrain. Great, great. To be honest, lads, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too scared taking you into a pub quiz. I got to say, but <laughs> saying that, question six. Oh shit! Out of I thought Harrison. Harrison. No, Sorry, I thought question six. Fox, this is the last one, right? Yes, it is. Uh, I was ready for okay. that. Are you All ready? Right. Yeah. Name the woman 
the first to mount an exhibition at the National Portrait Gallery in Washington, who was chief photographer for Rolling Stone magazine from 1973 to 1983, and took the iconic photo of John Lennon and Yoko Ono that appeared on the January 22, 1981 issue of the magazine, a photo that was taken just a few hours before Lennon's death the previous month. Oh, I have no idea. Susie and Avanchis. Incorrect. Wolf, would you like a guess? Um, I feel like I'm going to know the name when you tell me, because I did like a photography class in, in college, um, but I, I can't think of it myself. Yeah, it's one of those ones. The, the answer is Annie Leibovitz. Uh, what a, what, yeah, I, did, I didn't get this, but again, once I saw the name, I was like, yep, that's that's the one. Annie, Annie Leibovitz. Yeah, I remember. All right. So we're I guess we're ending Can't Harry the Harrison tied one to one to one. Wait, 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 wait. I have one more. Oh, oh God. here we go. Each. This is Lion. like it. Lion versus Harry's son. <laughs> okay, this is going to be a flavor text challenge. So I'm going to read a flavor text and you tell me the card, okay? Okay, the first buzzer first. Yeah, or... God, I, I actually never done these before. I think I'm going to. No, no, it's, um... it's going to be chosen person. So the first person, Kieran, okay. you're first. Yeah. All right. I, I'm pretty sure we've mentioned all these cards before on the podcast, like the flavor text of all these cards. Okay, um, so Kieran. The flavor text is a force as voracious as time itself. It, I'm going to go with the obvious. Obvious is a force of vigor. No, it is not. Now, Damn it. Alan doesn't get any points for this because he'll know it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> well, if I get it wrong, no, no, I'll get it wrong. What is uh, it? Voracious. It's a uh, little amongst longer. That is correct. Ah, very good. All right. Uh, Al, one for you. So this is the flavor text. You tell me the card. My rule persists beyond death itself. Oh no, I've done it. This is, uh, I'll think about it for a second. Uh, who would say that? Well, I think it might be a spell. Oh, is this like a. Is this ah, you got to go deeper here. You got to you gotta deeper. think about the context. Yeah. Oh, so that Kieran knows. Yeah. Oh, damn it. All right. Kieran knows anything. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> so brutal. <laughs> no, I'm um, oh, sorry. With the context of this is a card, Kieran knows. Uh, no? Wolf? What? Sorry, well, what's it? Can you read the card again? The favorite text? Sorry, I didn't hear you saying that. Uh, it is, my rule persists beyond death itself. I think it's... Oh. I'm losing my mind over uh, here. Already? Oh my god! Uh, is it Thalia, Guardian Thurman? No. What? I've never played a Thalia in my life. Oh, come on! Graceful maggot. Oh, god. All right, what is no, it? It is Brago, King of Turtle. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, that would... Okay, next one for Kieran. So it's still zero zero. Uh, next one for Kieran. On Marasa, even the trees grow trees. Uh, Bolsa Marasa. Oh fuck! <laughs> I nearly did a spit take all over my keyboard and hearing that. Uh, <laughs> this is a chatty offshoot. Oh, I should have known. God damn it! <laughs> okay, first one drop. Uh, for Alan, right? Uh, the shadow of the candle looms tall, even as its light grows dim. It is a dead shadow. Oh, good. Very good. Very good. Well yeah. played. Well yeah. played. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, for Kieran, this one is eh, kind of difficult. Uh, I, I've intentionally been ramping up the difficulty. Well, I thought that Brago was an easy one, but anyway. Um, okay. Excuse me. <laughs> so this is like an essay as a flavor text, but anyway. Um, so yeah, this is for Kieran. You've begun to understand the Hedron's true purpose, said Ugin. The Eldrazi can be imprisoned. And how did that work out last time? asked Jace. Is well. Can you can you read it one more time? Yeah, you've begun to understand the Hedron's true purpose," said Ugin. "The Eldrazi can be imprisoned, 
And how did that work out last time? Asked Jace. I can do voices if you want. Oh, that's good. I'm deep in thought here. I don't think I know it. And I don't know what the Alan Harrison guess would be. I'm going to guess. This is tough. No, I don't know. Okay. Do you know what it is, Al? I think it's a Hedron Archive. It is. Oh my god, I'm an idiot. I was thinking Hedron Alignment, and I was like, but why would it be Hedron Alignment? Yeah, yeah. All right, and then, uh, so this is the last one for Al, and then I have one more that's going to be a buzzer. Um, So, okay, for Al, uh, it's Don't Trust Your Secrets to the Sea. Oh my goodness. Uh, So, when I go deep, Kieran knows this, or does he? Doesn't sound like he does. He's not making fun of me for not knowing the answer straight away. No, oh, actually, I actually don't know this offhand. I'm actually thinking. Oh, really? Okay. Oh. <laughs> we, we've got the game uh, at this point. They're cards that I associate with both of you, so. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, was this Merfolk Secret Keeper? No. Oh. Was that associated with Kieran? He's playing the deck right now. It is now. Yeah. yeah. He was talking about it all day. I guess. I guess. No. This it's is obviously. The... <laughs> no. So it's obviously blue. I don't know what blue card you would associate with me, though. Like. uh... I'll give you a point if you get this, even though I haven't been given points for yeah. uh, you know for the player who, who it's about. I've obviously I've obviously gone too deep with this. I'll say like don't trust your secrets to the sea. I would say like spreading seas, but that wouldn't be associated with me, so I won't go with that. Um, it draws cards. It draws cards. Okay, blue spell that draws cards. That narrows it down. Um, it draws two cards. Draws. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I know. Then it's gush. Yeah. That's great. Oh. I do I do love a gush, but no, I don't get points for that though. No, no, okay. All right, so then last one is buzzers. So Kieran, you need to get this correct uh, faster than Alan to equalize. Al, you okay. can. Uh, do we have to go buzz or can we just shout? Uh, I don't know, whatever's convenient, just shout. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, go buzz. Yeah, make a sound. Bzz. Okay. Kieran or Alan, you can drop a bottle cap for your sound. Um, oh yeah, I got to find one first. Look at them away. Right. Okay. So. While other pirates prowl for treasure, Captain Parrish plunders secrets. Oh, I'm so sure I do it, but I don't know. No, but... Uh, damn it, I definitely know this. Right no, I do. Yeah, I got it. Oh. Yeah. What is it? Is it Charity Course? That is correct. Oh, yeah. damn it, damn it. <laughs> okay, well played, well played. All right, so that that means uh, Al comes out on top in that one. And uh, the, the podcast. All right. Oh, wait, are we going to keep talking shite, or is that the actual end? I, I was going to make that the actual end. Okay, yeah, that's fair enough. Good. All right. We will see you again if Al plays a Pro Tour. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, it might happen. And the, not only do I have to, we, we said if I win, but now if I, had to, if I even play it. Yeah, if yeah. you can play it, yeah. I mean, it depends. Like, if you do well uh, at the Players Tour that you go to, you know, we'll come back for an episode or something like that. Or, uh, yeah, if you win it and you get a pro sponsorship, maybe we'll just come back permanently. But, uh, <laughs> for yeah, we'll have an audience, yeah, we'll have a. a, a, a uh, uh, a selling point. Yeah, we'll have a we'll have a Patreon. <laughs> we'll sell out. Um, yeah. And and again, just like at the end of the show, I know I said it last time, but thanks to everyone who ever listened, whoever said anything to us about it in the shop, kept us going, uh, emailed us, uh, especially the people who emailed. To be honest, because it's it's hard to get people to email, and we did have a little crew of people who would provide us content and and stuff to bounce off every once in a while. So we do really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, hopefully we won't be gone forever. Yeah, definitely. Um, say thank you to everybody who. Who listened and, and played along? Uh, we will miss you, and maybe you'll miss us. Absolutely, and uh, also just to note that the the stream will continue. Kieran's Kieran's having fun streaming, so that'll that'll continue, and we'll still continue. Well, Kieran will continue to use the Skullcrack branding uh, and Twitter account for that purpose. So you can still oh, yeah. check out the stream over at twitch.tv/skullcrack. 
And thanks everybody for listening. We will not see you again next week. Goodbye. Bye. Yeah, bye bye. Last minute addendum to the final episode of Skullcrack. Just me and my own here. Because uh, uh, Eamon, friend of the show, Eamon Sharpson, sent in his final email. This is our last email on the show. And uh, we've already concluded recording the episode. Didn't, didn't want to get the lads back on. So uh, this is just me. And he has titled it The End of an Era. It says, Happy Paddy's Day, guys. Sad to hear it's the end, so I rooted out the book of fairy tales and got to work making some final cards for Tala Time Warp. But first, a few questions for you guys. Number one, which MTG personality would you have loved to have on the show? Um, yeah, obviously I'm just answering these questions myself. Uh, which MTG personality would I have loved to have on the show? That's an interesting one. I guess, I mean, the person that I personally look up to the most is probably Jerry Thompson, but, like, he has his own podcast, so it's kind of, I'm not too sure what we would talk about. Maybe we would talk more about the social side and, like, the idea of creating a podcast and what that's meant for him and, and all that stuff. Um, Al, I'm going to say, MTG personality, M- Al would... Who's a famous Tron player? I don't know. Thralf Severin. Dude seems cool. Plays Tron. Won a Pro Tour with Tron? I think. <laughs> Mythic Championship with Tron. So um, that's who Al would interview. And Kieran would interview... Mm, Kieran's all about the results, so he's probably going to want to interview... Actually, no, do you know what? Kieran would want to interview, like... Um, that guy who's really good at vintage. I don't remember his name. Uh, Rich Shea. Rich Shea. Although he may be cancelled now. I don't know. Um, which non-MTG personality would you like to interview? Uh, Kieran would want the guy from the Mountain Goats. Al. Who would Al want? Non-MTG personality that Al would want on the show. Somebody shit probably. <laughs> It'd probably be um I don't know. Fucking some shitty philosophy. No, it'd be like Alexander Hamilton. He'd want Alexander Hamilton. Uh, and I which non MTG personality Oh no oh yeah. Mm, non MTG personality would I want it's a tough question there's not that many people in the world that I'm like yes I'm super into that person I'm like I can say that I'm a fan of that person um so I'm probably going for somebody who's just like kind of interesting or just seems funny or really nice 
Um, do you know, I really want to know. I really want to know. What's the dude's name? The dude who plays John Ralphio. I just like that guy. I think he's funny. He was Sonic. I was like, I, I want to know how that Sonic project came to him. Um, and why he agreed to do it. And, and what he thought of the original Sonic design. Uh, what's your favourite bad card? My favourite bad card. I don't really like bad cards. <laughs> I think they're all shit. Um... And I mean, what qualifies as a bad card as well? Like, does it have to be actually bad? Or does it have to be just, like, not playable in eternal formats? Like, my favourite card, one of my favourite cards is Crackling Doom. Which is, like, not playable, really, in most formats. Like, it was very good in standard. But it's not, it hasn't really transferred to eternal formats. So, for me, I guess Crackling Doom. It's not really a bad card. Like, it's good in some metagames or whatever. Um... Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Probably some shitty planeswalker or something as well. Like I used to, I used to really enjoy. Um, like I, I loved the card. Uh, but it wasn't very good. Jace, Unraveler of Mysteries from. Um, Shadows over Innistrad. It wasn't like a really good card, but I really like that one. Okay, and uh, best thing about doing the podcast. The best thing about doing the podcast for me was, I mean, it goes into why we started the podcast in the first place. Um, podcasts are something that I've loved for a long time. I studied media in college and... You know, when I'm when I'm super into something, I want to talk about it a lot. And magic is just one of those things that, like, everyone... I know everyone who plays magic can, like, understand this feeling of, like... Magic can... It can take a lot of talking. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can essentially talk about magic for a long, long, long time. There's, there's a lot there to, to discuss. Um, like, even if it's individual games, to theory, to deck building to you know pro events and scandal and whatever um there's a lot going on there and when you're super interested in something it's good to be able to discuss it and you know it's good to discuss it with the lads um and then we stopped it because i was going to um because i went to vietnam we intended to continue but it just kind of fell off so for me i honestly the the interest in doing the podcast as a, as an MTG podcast kind of fell off around then. You know, if if I had been into it more, we would have made more effort to to keep it going at that time. Um, but from that time, one of my main things was actually just like talking to the lads every week because you know we had WhatsApp and whatever. But you know, having a chat with the lads about something that we always chatted about. Um, made me feel better when I was half the world away or whatever so those are some of the best things about doing the podcast um okay 
So Eamon says, now that's out of the way, my magnum opus. Firstly, an uncommon flip card, which overlaps with the Simic Merfolk mechanic in the set. Didn't know that there was a Simic Merfolk mechanic. Um, so Sive. Oshin's mother and Fionn's wife was enchanted, but not in an MTG kind of way, and appears as a deer until Fionn is temporarily is able to tempor- temporarily unbreak the curse. I, I, I don't... What? What? Um, so basically, we have Sai of the Curse. So it's one and a green for a legendary creature. 1-1. One, one. Legendary creature, human. 1-1. One, one. Um, at the beginning of each end step, if no player controls another legendary creature, transform Sai of the Curse. So if no player controls another legendary creature. So if she's the only legendary creature on the battlefield, she flips over into Dearly Missed. 3-3 legendary creature elk using the same art as Kenrith's transformation and it says at the beginning of your upkeep if any player controls another legendary creature transform dearly missed so basically if her, if her if her husband comes together she turns back into a human interesting so usually she's going to flip into a 3-3 the first turn and then if anyone plays a legendary she just comes becomes a 1-1 one, one again. Okay. Uh, next card is two legends in one. First, it's the story of the giant's causeway and how Fionn's wife, Sive again, tricked the Scottish giant into thinking that Fionn was actually his son. But do you know who really likes stealing children? Fairies. Couldn't get enough of the stuff. Couldn't get enough of the stuff. So we have a card called Disguise as a Baby. One in a white for an enchantment aura. Enchant creature. Enchanted creature gains defender and has protection from giants. Enchanted creature has, if a fairy creature deals combat damage to you, that creature's controller gains control over this creature. What? Okay, so, enchanted creature, defender has protection from giants. So let's say you put this on your opponent's, on your opponent's thing, so it can't attack. You put this on your opponent's 3-3 and it can't attack. And then if you have a fairy, and you deal damage to the opponent, then uh, you lose this. So you steal it from them, but it's still it's still a baby. <laughs> oh, I'm so confused by this card. I understand I kinda understand it, but yeah, I don't know. Uh not sure not too sure about that one. And then uh, Eamon says, finally a board wipe because what's a set without a board wipe? And we have Bridget's Cross, two red red. Bridget's Cross deals four damage to all creatures and players. She's more than cross, she's furious. Oh, oh, Eamon. Eamon. Uh, he, he finishes off with here. Thanks guys for all the amazing content over the years. We'll very much miss it. Gormahagut. And thank you Eamon for all your wonderful card designs that you've sent in over the years. And that is the end. <laughs>